Da 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 da! You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Are you serious? Yeah. It's showtime. Brian Gill, what's the movie of the week this week? This week's movie of the week: Aaron Sorkin, Danny Boyle, Michael Fassbender, Steve Jobs. He's in this. Oh, yeah. that's the title. Okay. Yeah, that's the that's the title. I know. Too soon, it was, Richard. It, uh, <laughs> Michael Fassbender, better actor than Aston Kutcher? I don't know. It's tough, but I think he might be <laughs> slightly better. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. Let's just say it's going to be an interesting debate, Richard. Sure. <laughs> I mean, also, I mean, I, I also don't want to spoil anything, but I, I think for my my power rankings, for my Steve Jobs power rankings, I would go. Noah Wiley, number one, Fassbender, <laughs> two and a half. Okay, all right. Did you hear here's, Noah here's Wiley the definitive was consideration for this role? Pretty sure Bill Hader played him a couple times on SNL, <laughs> maybe. I'm going to go Ashton Kutcher, number four, Noah Wiley, three, Michael Fassbender, two, and The Cup, number one. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people haven't seen The Cup, his <laughs> take. Yeah. Well, The Cup is just sitting on the podium. Very method. Yeah, extremely <laughs> method. Oh, uh, I love the cup jokes. We got at Never least changed. three emails this week that reference the cup. It's just <laughs> so funny. <laughs> oh, I'll take credit for that one. Yeah, it's all you. You, you. What's up, guys? What's I'm up? Here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. How are you guys? <laughs> Better Fort than Fort Wayne, Indiana. <laughs> Fort Wayne. <laughs> At the at the hotel Fort Wayne, sequel to waiting. Cedar Rapids, Fort Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm waiting to just be uh, brutally assaulted by John C. Riley. Um, <laughs> underrated movie too. We've never talked Cedar Rapids. I love love Cedar Rapids. It's Go a good ahead. movie. Very funny. Um, Indiana is an interesting place, guys. Do we? I'd love to hear from some Indiana listeners because I've I've been in your state for a couple of days. I'll be here for a few more. I'm I'm barnstorming. Uh, for a secret project that I can't talk about. And uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Fun Indiana story. I was in Indianapolis this past winter. Uh-huh. I'm going to be in Indianapolis tomorrow. What yeah, are the odds? Yeah, and my, eye, uh, my eyes froze shut because it was so cold. <laughs> Literally froze shut. So I'm hoping. It was negative, it, like negative 10 outside, and I'm not kidding. It's uh, October, so I'm hoping that it's uh, it's temperate tomorrow. It is raining and miserable out right now. I'm hoping I got so, to, too. I got to see Notre Dame's campus yesterday. The lovely. That, the, or, the, the, uh, uh, the, the set of Rudy? I did, yes. And there were... <laughs> still, I, I still have... They, they didn't take it down? So what have you, you guys been up to uh, media-wise? You've been watching a lot of TV. You've been doing any movies, prepping for Star Wars like I have mentally. I'm, I'm still... I'm already on my Star Wars prep journey, Brian. I don't know if you've started prepping your notes yet, but... Oh, I'm, I'm mine always are, prepping Mine are Wars. well underway, yeah. Brian, so you Brian's need to... Brian's been prepping for 30 years. Yeah, I'm 32 years old, so I've, <laughs> I've been prepping for a long time. Yeah. Just... Your your entire left half of your brain is basically just Star Wars notes that have been... Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't hurt slash help that my, my kiddo is just, like, obsessed with Star Wars right now. So we watch... We watch some sort of... Some Star Wars... Uh, content every single day at least once so you know that's probably healthy right and yeah know. okay richard i don't think we ever got your thoughts on the last trailer did we or did you never see it you still I, haven't seen I it i've not seen it yet oh wow hero yeah, going strong we're getting pretty yeah. close we're getting we're almost at 50 days i think 
to. I just Star have to Wars. make it fifty more days. So my thoughts are non-existent. <laughs> At per usual. <laughs> <laughs> got him. That was a zinger. You got me. So what do we got on the movie news docket this evening? Well, we movie have a news for the Oscars. You're one of the movie news gurus, by the way. I've I've coined you that. Okay, I like that. We can get new tattoos. We, got, we do have a host for the Oscars and the Golden Globes. I'm yeah, excited. I'm I'm excited about one of those two things, big time. <laughs> You're talking uh, about uh, for... honorary American treasure, Ricky Gervais. You or... Shut your mouth. Uh, <laughs> certainly not unanimous. Let's go that route. Um, yeah, for the for the Oscars for the 2016 Academy Awards, American treasure Chris Rock will be the host. I am excited. He would have been on my probably top three if you were to give me a list on of guests. I mean, of hosts I would have wanted. Yeah, Seinfeld, Schumer, and probably Rock would have been my top three. So, um, well, Richard, Forte. ooh, Forte. <laughs> Forte's not really a hoster kind of stand up kind of guy. As McGruber though. As <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. Well, when McGruber two is nominated for best picture, he'll be there as McGruber. Right. So, in character he, to he accept the award. The podium for... full of handmade C four. <laughs> yeah. He'll be there to accept the award for best picture justice. Okay, Tug, character. Tug. Yeah. Greater innovator okay. of technology, Steve Jobs or McGruber. <laughs> I'd say we just do, let's do another hour of McGruber. Why not? Um, like what? Yeah. What did what did Steve Jobs do with celery? Probably nothing. <laughs> McGruber, on the other hand, you can do a lot with celery. Let's just say you that. can the old celery trick. Old celery. Trust me, you want to go thin in first, but it seems. Seems counterintuitive, but you want to go the bushy end in first. It just slips right out. Um, <laughs> I love, I love that we slip into this like every three months, and we just quote McGruber fifteen times in a podcast. One of the best. Anyway, Chris Rock, that's exciting. He hasn't done it yeah. in uh, quite a few years. He's good at it, yeah. and uh, he's he's he's. Uh, you know, it'll be edgy. Yes. It could probably write a lot of his own stuff. That's probably edgy. part of the deal. Chris Rock is great because he doesn't do edgy for the sake of being edgy. Yeah, he's right. just true to himself and yeah. he's funny. And if that happens to be edgy, that's great. Yeah. But I get worn out by like your boy, Ricky Gervais, Brian, who has <laughs> <laughs> a PTI. Ape, ape <laughs> that was a PTI callback. Your boy, yeah. Ricky Gervais. Um, the try, I sometimes... I think Air is trying to be edgy, though I do like him, and I think he'll be fine in the Golden Globe, especially after a few years off. I think back-to-back years was a bad idea on his part, but I think after a few years, he might actually be... He might surprise you, Brian, um, because I do think he's funny, but I think when he airs, he airs trying to be controversial. Um, Whereas Rock is just going to write jokes. If they're controversial, so be it, but if they're also G-rated, that's great, too. Yeah, They'll be Um, sharp one way or the other. Yeah, exactly. So... He's uh he's great. Who doesn't like Chris Rock at this point? Especially like I mean I understand being down on Chris Rock as a film sure. <laughs> actor. Um though he's made some good documentaries and it's fine but like he uh as a personality as himself like who he's got to have one of the higher Q ratings. Who is just like don't care for Chris Rock. Yeah. As a person. I would say older white people probably didn't but he was uh fairly recently he was featured on CBS Sunday Morning and I think if you're an older white person <laughs> If anyone gets featured on CBS Sunday morning, you immediately have to be like, yep, okay, I'm in. Recommend, even for those of you who aren't uh, older white people, CBS Sunday morning, best show on TV probably for like 20 years. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's an old school uh, (laughs) Barden recommend and uh, one of my my favorite shows, honestly. I have two or three of them. I 
I'll watch three, maybe four segments from each episode. You know, yeah. just fast forward, pick and choose what you want. Yep. And uh, I just I'll binge three or four of it's, the I always explain to people time. this way. It's literally watching a magazine. Yeah. So, you know, when you're in the dentist's office and you like pick up a magazine you wouldn't normally read and you're like, oh, that's kind of an interesting little piece here. It's that on TV. CBS Sunday morning. You're welcome. But yeah, he's uh, he's great. Here's my deal with Chris Rock. He's going to bottom out at a B minus and peak mm-hmm. at an A plus. So yeah. it's a great choice. Yeah. There's no way he's a D. Yeah, right. You also get the feeling, too, he's not going to get pushed around in the writer's room or oh, his, his people. Well, he does get... defer to the Blanche. The thing about Chris Rock is he has absolutely nothing to lose because yeah. he's going to go up there as Chris Rock and he's going to leave as Chris Rock. He's not like James Franco or Anne Hathaway who literally, you know, their careers were still kind of young and new. Sure. Chris yeah. Rock can just go up there and rock it. You know what I mean? No pun intended. Um and he's like Steve Martin, you know, he's just kind of a, a guy you can, who can come in, who's solid American treasure, you know, and everybody, the yep. majority, the vast majority will like him no matter what happens. And, uh, he can make, I feel like a bad joke seem funny because he's Chris Rock. His delivery sure. is so unique and, yep. and, um, energetic. So I'm looking forward to just, uh, seeing what he'll get away with. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure. Or someone would just throw a lot of money at Eddie Murphy to yeah, host I, one I of was just shows. thinking that. I was literally just Because I feel it. like that would get him doing stand-up yeah. again. But I feel like a part of Rock's deal is he wouldn't even do it if he wasn't allowed to write at least some of his own stuff. That was his oh. last deal with SNL. Like that monologue, that whole uh, about the new uh, World Trade Center Tower yeah. monologue, that was all live on the air for the first time because that was part of his deal with Lauren's like you can't hear any of my monologue <laughs> he's like okay whatever you know they ran with it it was controversial but uh that's kind of what you get with him and that's he wants to do his own thing and I, I I can't wait to see what he what he comes up with what are you uh what what do you think what are you anticipating I guess I don't know I you know so much of it is determined by kind of the um the spirit of the films that come out, right? I mean, what you can make fun of, you know, what what sure. can, and we're so early into this Oscar season. I think we only have two or three really contenders so far this year. Um, that it'll be interesting to see what he can do with with the remaining material. But I, yeah, I have to, all I can say is to reiterate is I have total confidence. I'm not worried at all. That's like Chris Rock is a professional comedian. Yeah, like, exactly. He's a completely like you know what I mean. Like he, you feel totally confident and competent in his hands. What about Gervais? How do we feel about him, Brian? You're obviously soured on him a little bit. <laughs> I just think that the next time that I laugh at a Ricky Gervais joke will be the first time. That's all. It's just not, I, I have laughed at some of his jokes. I I find him pretty offensive and and cold hearted sometimes. Sometimes yeah. I feel like he doesn't say things in in good fun. You know, he generally stay genuinely <laughs> takes stabs at people. Yeah. So I think that's kind he, of he definitely thinks he's the smartest and funniest yeah. guy in the room, where whatever room he's in. So you know, that's comedy is subjective. That's the way it goes. He's kind of a I, Bill, the Bill Maher of of England or whatever. He's just kind <laughs> of like uh, a good comp. Yeah. I just have I thought we were done with him as a society, and now he's back in my life because I love the Globes. I think the Globes is the easily the most enjoyable award show mm-hmm. and uh you know i just don't i don't dig i don't dig gervais at all I, I never have i just never have enjoyed i don't know as a person he seems like he's not the most enjoyable human being but beyond that i can if you can make me laugh i really don't care i just i don't know that i've ever enjoyed any piece of humor he's ever done so you know 
to each his own. And to me, that's just like, well, I don't know. That's one of the worst choices. I, but I, I get that people like him. It could so. be worse. It could be a lot worse than Drew. Yeah, to me, that's it just like worse. to me. It's just it's it's tough coming off of Polar and Faye. Would you rather it be Jim Parsons, Brian? Uh, yes. Oh, I don't know. No, oh. I, no oh, not necessarily. Geez. I just you know, Bazinga, <laughs> Bazinga, Bazinga. Got him. <laughs> got him. Who, who who could be worse than Gervais for you, uh, Richard, or better? I like Ricky Gervais. Who, who would be better in your eye right now? There's a lot of people. I you know he's a. Um, I tire of him quickly, but I do like him when I haven't seen him in a while, and I haven't seen him in a while. So um, I'm 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 I I think he'll make me laugh a few times, just because he yeah. he he legitimately uh, to a fault. Like I said, well. He's offensive, but also I don't think he cares. And he'll probably be drunk, which is what the film <laughs> goes is about. On brandy. He, um, he always brings like a thing of yeah. cider out. Like, strongbow. like how British you gotta get you that be? strongbow, yeah. Yeah, he just loads up on strongbow pre uh pre sponsored. Pre- he's got like the bow on the glass. <laughs> like this next joke is brought to you by Strongbow. It's a bit strong, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I quit. <laughs> We're going to get him on the pod, Brian. We're going to get him on the pod. I do think the I did fall head over heels in love with Ricky Gervais the first time I ever saw him. The Office is funny. I will give him that. He was funny was, in that. Was that the golden? And actually, I love some parts of Extras, which it's not so much his character, just... An the, idiot the, abroad, too, but not The way him. he writes celebrities is hysterical to me. Um, the Liam Neeson, come on, even yeah, Brian has... Yeah, yeah. The yeah, Liam Neeson no. bit... Well, that's hilarious. Life's Too Short hilarious. is one of the three funniest yeah. things ever, but in, please go uh, YouTube that if you haven't seen right. it. Yeah. Um, but the first Full time I ever saw Rick Gervais... Body is riddled with it. First time I ever saw Ricky Gervais was at the Golden Globes, and I never... I had no idea who he was. I didn't know what The Office was. This was probably like 2002... And uh, he co- he wins for best writing in a TV comedy um, over all these American shows that people had heard of. And he goes up. He's so genuine. And he's like super nice and th- thankful and grateful and, and humble and, and gives this wonderful speech about, um, you know, how thrilled he is. Like, oh, good for that guy. He's some British nobody that just won a Golden Globe for best writing in a comedy. So like an hour and a half later... <laughs> He wins again for best actor. <laughs> it goes up on stage. It's just a total prick. And he's like, me again. Hmm, I bet you're tired of seeing me, huh? And was, I was like, okay, this guy's greatness. <laughs> because he totally turned from jerk or from great person to jerk. And was it was totally controlled and purposeful. And I thought that was hilarious. That was the hardest he ever made me laugh. <laughs> me again. Hmm. Wow. I can't believe we're already talking award shows. Yep. I'm right. so fun, episodes are our best. Yeah. I, yeah, we're gonna do yeah. we're gonna do episodes for the okay. awards. We'll we recap live, it all. Our BAFTA post game show is always great. Yeah, we do an Oscar show immediately after. That's a tradition unlike any other on the show. We we beat everyone. We trademarked that term, right? Tradition unlike any other that's <laughs> yes. our that's our term. That's okay. Ours. ours. Yeah. Boom. I'll play the piano music here in a minute. But yeah. like that's our thing. Should we do an immediate post Golden Globe show? Uh, depends on how crazy it gets, I guess. Yeah, we can make right. the call at the time. Those Richard and I always live tweet it too, so be ready for that. That's always fun. Kent, would you like to sound off on the Joker? 
Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad. I had this on my list. I was going to give you all one more topic before I take the rest of the show to myself. I haven't seen it yet. What What am I in for? He's wearing sweatpants with an alligator skin trench coat. So make that what you will. I think they're Juicy Couture sweatpants, though, to be. <laughs> I mean, so they're expensive ones. So Joker has money. That's <laughs> that's good. That's good. So he's spending some of it. Not. Uh... I think it looks super opposite of what I would want my Joker to look like, but I haven't seen the movie yet. So that's all I can say. Um, but I can say when the when they released the images of Heath Ledger, I was super psyched when I saw his Joker. So um, yeah. just based on the makeup. So I'm going to I'm sending you the photo right now, Richard. I want Richard's opinion of this because. <laughs> I'm excited. The first one with the tattoos, where he had ha 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 tattooed all over himself. I thought I liked that one better yeah. um, than this look. Yeah. I didn't see the full look with the whole makeup and the whole uh, wardrobe and everything. Yeah, doesn't doesn't oh, appeal to gosh. me. <laughs> it looks like he he went into a. Um, it looks like Freddie Mercury doing a David Bowie impression. <laughs> he looks like he was in Walmart and walked down the aisle and the neon spray paint aisle. Tipped over on top of him. He looks like a district manager of a hot topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how, I, that's how I picture regional them when they manager. do their store assistant, tours. Assistant yeah. regional manager of a hot topic. They come in the tour of their district like dressed like that with a cane. <laughs> yeah. mm, more American Horror Story merchandise out front, please. <laughs> Not enough zippers. <laughs> Not enough zippers. I sent you guys my joke about uh, Hot Topic about to go out of business until American Horror Story came out, right? Yes, yes. Okay, making sure. And Twilight. But that was a few years ago. It seems like every Twilight four years, kept Hot Topic in business. Yes, yeah. but then they started like uh, it started getting rough, right? You know, they're having to put like Family Guy stuff out front, and it's like not really their clientele. Boom, American Horror Story. They're like, we're back, baby. We did it. Hot Topic for life. Anyway, hot topic. This is hot topic talk. Yeah. Our, uh, our uh, <laughs> Richard's gonna be talk. real sad when we get hot topic ads next week. You're listening <laughs> to the topic talk. <laughs> topic topics. Should we do a uh, spinoff podcast? Topic talk. Just only talk what's uh, in inventory currently at Hot Topic. <laughs> is that current? Is that just only set up shop at Northeast Mall? Hey guys, favorite color on three. One, two, three, black. black. Isn't that rule 71? Rule 71 that if it exists, there's a podcast of it. I think that's the rule. Um, sure. So there's got to be a hot topic podcast out there. I not, do. I, well, I do co host an express pod. <laughs> co host. Yeah. So there's another person yeah. on it with you. Yeah. It's Steph Curry. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> express. Yeah. We talk about his line there. I I come on occasionally, but I only want to talk about structure. Ball shop podcast. <laughs> yeah, I've got a Gadzooks podcast. And <laughs> I do a show with just the guys that try to sell me phone covers. So and we actually on. go we actually go on location to different Gadzooks and and broadcast live from there. It's, Gadzooks it's, radio. They're, they're hard to find. But, uh, there we, are no episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Gadzooks. Yeah. Oh man. We had Gadzooks, we had Journeys. We had uh What a fun time to be alive. No, it wasn't. It wasn't structure. 
What do you think of the Joker? I think the Joker does not look good, but I'm not quite as uh, angry about it as you are, Kent. I would say that's. I think that's a fair assessment. It doesn't angry. look good. I just. You're right. Like the Joker is such an iconic character and has been twice, has been done so well twice. And I'm not so sure that this is going to be the third go round. So not not great. I, I want I would really like for Suicide Squad to be good. I'm excited to see Will Smith do not a traditional Will Smith movie. Think, I think, think about how many times we've said this in the just since the podcast started, though, every Will Smith movie that. It's like even focus. We said, "Man, I'm excited for Will Smith to finally do something." That's I think you know, concussion's going to be good. I really I do. Oh yeah, 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 I think concussion, so too. Yeah, concussion's good, and and that's great. We hope um, we think. But he never does a movie where he is not the first thing you see on the poster and the first bill. You know, and so that's I think it's interesting to see him do something a little bit different. I don't know. I I would like for it to be decent because it could be fun if done correctly. But I don't. Just in the same way that like Star Wars, every single step of the way, every box that they've checked has been correct. I think I'm not, I don't I don't get that same feeling from from Suicide Squad. I really think that Sony and really that part of the DC universe, the, their only hope is is the villains to really just emphasize that. And I think they right. were going to do Sinister Six too, the Spider Man villain movie. Right. And I'm more interested in that. I think Spider-Man and and um I think I think Spider-Man on on the Sony side and on the Warner side, Batman is played out. I I think we've seen enough of them for a while. Give them a break. I know we have Batman versus Superman coming out, but man, I I just I I think there's more hope there box office-wise if you explore the Joker and the the Riddler and the other villains of that universe. So that's that's what I would want to see uh viewer-wise. So Man, it really bums me out to talk about <laughs> DC. Yeah. And we did a whole podcast on Marvel vs. DC, just why why we like one and why we don't really understand the other. I uh, wouldn't say don't like it, but just don't understand. Yeah, I want to like them. Yeah. I like yeah. their, some of their properties, but they're yeah. just doing them terribly. Yep. Well, we'll hope, hopefully that changes with Batman v. Superman. V. I emphasize the V. <laughs> the lawsuit. The yeah. lawsuit. It's the one of the best David E. Kelly scripts that we've had. <laughs> it's kind of weird when Callista Flockhart shows up. That's, I mean, it's, it's fine. good. And Stephen Bochco's rewrite. John John Grisham, John Grisham, based on the the novel yeah. by based John. On the Grisham. novel by John Grisham. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. Knows. <laughs> Everyone knows that that one. That old that old tale. Mm. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now. What the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. 
right. Well, should we move on and talk Steve Jobs here then? Let's do that. Let's bring Hopefully. on our let's bring yeah. on our guests. So so we're here with our guest, Richie. How are you, Richie? I'm good, guys. It's good to have you. Yeah. How cool, long man. how long have you how long have you been a listener? About a year. I think about a year I've been listening to you guys. So I don't remember what the first episode was, but we we moved uh here to Baton Rouge from Colorado mm-hmm. and I was uh you know moving into a house and had, we didn't have uh you know internet or anything yet, so I was just like trying to find podcasts to fill up the time while I was doing housework and found you guys and just backlogged for like six months and loved it. So <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean I, I appreciate what you guys do. Thanks. We appreciate it. Yeah, some of the best feedback we get or some of the most common feedback we get is people tell us they just go through the backlogs and, and we really like that people actually want to go back and listen to old episodes because yeah. we talk a lot of movie news uh, on the show and a lot of things that are in the moment. So it's it's fun that people go back and revisit those. So we appreciate that. Uh, but as a listener and as um, you made the generous donation that you did, you got the choice to pick the movie you wanted to join us for, and you picked Steve Jobs. Uh, any particular reason for that? Are you Did you grow up an Apple geek or anything like that? Uh, tell us about your background as far as that no. goes. I'm a I'm an Aaron Sorkin nerd. Okay. Is, is, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, that's that's the real truth of it. I um I loved West Wing. I, I think West Wing is uh, the best show that's ever been, or the, at least the best written show that's ever been on television. Um, I, I love the I love the way he uh, he writes. I'm just I'm a I'm a songwriter, uh, mm-hmm. and I write, and so and I just I just find his uh, dialogue to be musical. You know, it's. It's uh, it's whimsical, it's playful, and it can get really deep, uh, really fast. It can catch you off guard, and I love the I love the way he tells a story, um, I, and and so uh, that's really why. Just because I love Sorkin, that's that's great. Well, this is going to be high highly focused on Sorkin, I should say. Yeah, I haven't gotten to hear you guys talk about a Sorkin movie yet, so I'm. I think I'm interested to hear your perspective because I, I don't think I listened to. We a did do a 19-hour newsroom newsroom retrospective. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, and, hey, Rich, uh, Rich, you didn't like newsroom, did you? Okay, this is a complicated relationship. I've here had, we go. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. Just go. I I I groaned a lot during newsroom. The 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 construct of the newsroom bothers me. I feel like it's really easy to be on the right side of an issue a year later. Yeah. However, I watched every episode. I, I haven't seen Fargo yet, but I've seen every episode of the newsroom three <laughs> times. So, okay. and I, I find it a very convenient show. And when they did that one episode, I think it was late in season one where the episode was called fix you. And then it ended with a <laughs> six minute uh, montage. The cold plays fix you. Yeah, Might have yeah. been the worst six minutes of my life, but other than yeah. that, great show. Yeah, that's a it's a tough one. That <laughs> but that's one of the like, best pilots. I loved, I loved, and then yeah, went, yeah. fine. He, it's good. Won, There's he, a lot of good in that show. Jeff Daniels won uh, the the actor Emmy. For yeah, that, we don't like literally to talk about from that. from the pilot though. That's the only yeah. reason why he yeah. won yeah. it. That first is because of that that monologue. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's one of the best monologues ever, but uh, unfortunately, John Hamm did the suitcase episode that year, and uh, Brian and I get very sad. <laughs> <laughs> I like Mad Men too. I was a fan of that. That 
the the thing about Sorkin, I I it, I was thinking about this today because I watched Walking Dead as well. I love that show, and um, people have no problem with the idealism in Walking Dead. Like people don't balk at the idea of what yeah. could happen in a post-apocalyptic world. They don't have any problem. I think I think the problem with Sorkin, and I get it, is is that sometimes instead of telling us how things could be, he sort of tells us how things should be. Sure. And and I think nobody wants to be told how things should be. That people don't have any problem um, entering into a world of could be. I mean, like Breaking Bad. I mean, that's that is you know an opportunity to look at a world that could be we and and maybe it is in certain places but i've never heard of an atm falling on a person's head you know like i've, ne- <laughs> I've never heard of that but maybe that happens somewhere but 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 um you know vince gilligan never told us this is how the world should be he just told us how it could be and i think sorkin toes that line and sometimes he he fouls it up and he tells us he really comes off preachy and i think i think that's what people I think that's what people don't like about him. But I love his idealism. I love the way he looks at the world because I think he has um, just a sense of hopefulness uh, in his approach to the world that I find refreshing. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And that's why it's interesting to see him. And I think he's most successful, uh, Richie, when he takes on these sort of micro stories, when it's something like the news, um, pardon me, when it's something like uh, Steve Jobs or the social network. In that his idealism can be focused on a micro personality instead of the world as a whole, right? I think it's more effective that way, yeah. um, at least on a on a on a broad scale. Um, and and, and uh, so so this was definitely a win in, in that piece because it's not a, a macro film at all. It's it's small, yeah. You know, and and uh, in scale, and uh, I think that really worked. Yeah, Sorkin always gets criticized for his dialogue not being realistic. Or people don't really talk like that, or uh, people talking over each other constantly. He uses that as sort of a, I guess, a cliche, a Sorkinism, I should say. Uh, he's got his own like verb, you know. People don't know that we do this entire podcast as a walk and talk. Like right. we just, talk. <laughs> yeah. we carry our computers and, and just walk <laughs> around the streets of our neighborhood. To talk. We've been robbed multiple times. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's brutal. Totally worth it. Brutal. I've been brutally beaten in rock. <laughs> so what do we think? Uh, I guess let's give general impressions, fellas, of this. Uh, Richard, you saw the movie first, so we'll let mm. you go first. Richard, I should say, and Richie, prepare yeah, so your many. thoughts. So hey, many Richies tonight. You guys could just call me Fike. All my friends oh, call Fike. me Fike. Oh, Fike. Sup, Fike. Yeah, totally fine. All right, you're Fike cool. from now on on the show. All right. Fikers. Oh, that's right. There can only be one Richard, son. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I saw this couple. I saw it a couple weeks ago. It was randomly screening at a theater near my house, and was like, it was like a Saturday morning or something. Sunday morning, I was like, I'm going to go see Steve Jobs. Why not? Um, so yeah, I love so Social Network. I didn't have that much like interest in when I went and saw, even though I did like Sorkin. I had seen a lot of West Wing and liked it, and and uh, seen like you know uh, a, a lot of his work, but uh, it wasn't like itching at the screen. Someone said, let's go see social network. And I went and saw it. And then it was my favorite movie of that year. Sure. So I was a lot more excited to go see this one, but then I kind of had the thought of, I'm, I'm probably going to be disappointed in this. I didn't really know how it would work in terms of being a true biopic because the conceit of the social network is different than this, right? It's like, 
it's a little the social network seemed like it was trying to be a, at least a little more historically accurate mm-hmm. whereas this is much more of just a meditation on hey what's it like to be in a room with steve jobs for an hour and a half um, right it's a good way these conversations it. never happened but this is what could you know it's it's a lot more of like this sort of um meditation on his life or his is at least his professional life uh and 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 that so i didn't really know how that would work and uh and, and michael fassbender is an actor that i like a lot and kate winslet's obviously great and the cast is wonderful i i was just blown away at this movie and especially fassbender was just I, <laughs> the way he just became jobs and while looking nothing like him um just the little vocal things that he did i'm a weird i'm like a i'm and kent can kent can tell you this knowing me my whole life um, I don't have a very good musical ear. I'm not a very good singer, but I have a really weird ear for like accents and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I notice, uh, even if I can't do a voice, I notice inflections, I think more than most people. Sure. And I thought his jobs inflections were crazy good. Yeah. Like more than any, yeah. M- any version of that too. He didn't try to go for the exact tone or the exact sound of the voice, but the inflection was perfect. Yeah, yeah, it was weird, and and so um, I was I was just blown away. He he's one of the best actors in the world, and I think this is just like another notch on the belt of hey, by the way, I'm awesome. The, um, this the stuff he's doing is like Daniel Day Lewis <laughs> level. Like, yes, yeah. absolutely. It's like, like accessible that. Daniel Day Lewis, right? Yeah, and he's never not on screen. And it reminded me a lot of a Daniel Day Lewis movie, or or a is like a weird like it was like a Lincoln Birdman hybrid. <laughs> this movie, right? Yeah, <laughs> it was it was really bizarre. Like he's it's the energy was very much like Birdman. It feels like a play, which is a lot of Sorkin. You know, yeah. the motion of Sorkin and the yeah. the movement and the the language and the you know. Um, is is very is very uh dramatic in the sense of 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 a theater piece but uh it never stops and and the and the performance of his is like athletic and relentless and perfect and i was i i love this movie so much more than i thought i would and i thought i would like it quite a bit so so i want to let you guys talk about it because i'm I'm interested in all of your thoughts so uh we'll kick it over to our guest now richie what are your general impressions uh without giving too much away of, of steve jobs I totally agree with what you just said. I told I told my friends that um, this was like the Mad Max of dialogue, like um, <laughs> right, like it was instead it was, of electric it, guitars and fire, it's dialogue. Yeah, man. I mean, it's a freight train from yeah. the first moment. It's a um, uh, it, it's 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 a fire hydrant. I mean, it's it's coming at you. And what I love about it is is like it totally challenges you to lock in like you can't I don't think this is the kind of movie you could be like checking your phone you know or like it could be in the background and you could stay with it like and I like that because I'm crazy ADD so <laughs> like yeah. I loved how like engaging it was from the first moment of the movie I mean it's 10 minutes before a huge announcement and you know and and there's tons of stuff happening and there's tension and there's angst and there's a problem that happens to get fixed and you're in it and there's no time to deal with feelings there's no time to deal with um although they find times to deal with emotional you know like really emotional things in the movie it's just like boom you're in it and i love that i i thought the construct of the movie was um really smart and you know like what i loved about the west wing um was that you never saw 
um, you know, the State of the Union. They never showed you that on West Wing. They showed you the creation of the State of the Union. Right. And then, and then you'd see a moment, just the, the brief moment of him giving you the payoff line of the the very beginning of the speech where you get the pop, you know. Um, but you you got to see all the work that went into making the speech, which was to me more fascinating than the speech itself. And I think um, that's the same thing here. You know, you you don't get ever get to see these speeches. When I got home uh, from watching the movie, I, I looked up these speeches because I yeah. wanted to see them. You know, I was like, I, okay, well, I want to see these speeches now. You know, and um, so I, I loved it. I thought the, the construct was genius. I do think that it's possible that. They may have tried to put too much into the movie. Uh, I don't want to get spoilery, but like some of the stuff that they delved into, I don't know. It felt a little bit like out of the blue. Um, but I guess if you read the the um, Steve Jobs book, the Isaacson book, then um, maybe some of that stuff doesn't catch you as off guard as it caught me because I didn't read the book. Um, but I, I thought, I mean, I just think it was a genius construct. You're right, uh, Richard. It it's very much feels like a play. Uh, a play I would go see. I mean, it, it, it's awesome. I loved it. Yeah, I'd be interested to see if this gets moves over to Broadway in some limited capacity. I, I would be interested in that. Uh, I'm unlike you, Richie. I actually seen the the speeches beforehand. I'm, I'm a big Jobs guy. We actually did an episode earlier this year on the documentary that came out, the Alex yeah. Gibney documentary about Steve Jobs. We talked more about Steve Jobs the person in that one than we will the, the movie here. In the, this and people might but, uh, get annoyed at us for that, but you know what? We host a podcast. <laughs> that is true. We do, <laughs> which is thanks thanks to Steve Jobs. So you know, go, yeah. you know, go ahead and watch. But I read the book, the novel, so it didn't catch me as off guard. But you're right; they they cram a lot into this. But one of my main concerns going into it was how are they going to cram a lot into this? Because the whole premise behind the movie from the very beginning was it's going to just be three dialogue scenes at three keynotes, three 30 minute sequences really. And, um, and I was confused. I was like, well, how can you tell the entire story of Steve jobs? And, and especially the yeah. keynotes that they chose, like they didn't even choose the iPod or iPhone or anything post year 2000 really. Right. And so it really confused me and I was, I was worried a little bit. And then, you know, um, they, they had some turmoil with the directors. Uh, David Fincher was originally supposed to be the director Circled the project for a while. I think it was at Sony at that time. And um, Fincher dropped out. And uh, some other actor names were, were attached uh, to the role. And it ended up just floating in the air. And, and Danny Boyle scooped it up. Um, and I was actually excited about Danny Boyle when they announced his name. I've been a fan of his for a while. I think he's very talented. Uh, Oscar-winning director, of course. Uh, you two, Richard and Brian, weren't as psyched on Boyle uh, as I was. But I think he really delivers here. I'm going to make a statement here, and I'm well. I'm going to go ahead and admit, admit, because I, I I always say I, I admit what I know what you guys say, but I remember what I say. I was loud wrong on this. Yeah, Boyle was a better director for this than Fincher, and I love Fincher. Wow, but I think Fincher would have brought darkness to it that wasn't needed, and I think Boyle's playfulness in tone and then kind of the cool things he did visually a few times were huge assets to this film and I think Boyle was the perfect director for it and it ended up even if it was an accident working in their favor I think I I completely agree Richard and um I mean the dialogue itself like I said if you if you did a one-act play of this 
it would be interesting. The dialogue in itself is interesting. You don't really have to spice this up very much, but I think as a director, he really took some liberties and made it visually stunning, I believe, uh, in yeah. some aspects. Like some of the shots of the auditoriums and everything, the overhead shots and everything were, were really good. And it, it reminded me more of uh, of Birdman, actually, than um, than the other movie you compared it to, Richard, uh, The Social Network. So yeah. it, it really... Well, um, it really, really impressed me. This is my number one of the year, easily. Um, awesome. I'm, I'm obsessed. Cool. I'm obsessed with this this dialogue. I mean, I want to see this again because I just want to dissect every single line uh, in the movie because they tell you so much and they drop so many hints at so many mm-hmm. things that have happened in the past. Uh, the the scene. Uh, we're not getting real spoilery here, Brian. I still want to get your general thoughts. Sure. So, but the scene that defined it for me was. Um, I don't even know if this is truthful. I don't remember this specifically in the book, but when Steve asks Kate to go get him a shirt with a pocket, I thought that defined Steve Jobs so sure. freaking well. Yeah. Because he had to go out there and have the disc in his front pocket to put in the machine yeah. to make it say hello. Like something that he thought of at the last minute, but that he had to have or else it would be it would ruin the entire thing if they didn't and he have understood that one thing. the value of that and like he understood the means. value of how cool that was and how memorable that would be oh man remember when he uh actually pulled the ipod nano out of his front like like coin yeah. pocket of his jeans i remember that and just being blown away with that little detail like he had it in there the whole time and it he fits in it functionality fit, it, it you know, was, I'm, I, yeah. I'm here in Indiana pitching technology to a bunch of people, right, for my other job. And and they, the funny thing is they don't even say in the movie why he wants the shirt. They don't even say, so it's like I can put this disc in. It's like it's just one of those things that if you've seen it, you know, yeah. and you yeah. and you knew there was a reason behind it, that everything he did, whether you understand why or not, had a reason. And um, like you said, Richard, you um, – you totally understand why he was the way he was, I mean, and he's yeah, a perfectionist. Not, I mean, nowhere near what he was doing or or on that level. But I, it, it is interesting when you when you're pitching technology to a consumer. Um, you know, it's so easy when you when you work with engineers all the time to get bogged down in all these specifics. But to understand the big picture of it all and understand how people will use it, and sometimes that's the interface with the software, and sometimes that's just where it will fit, where they can put it. Where they can access it, um, he understood that better than anybody ever, and he was able to look around the corner uh, better than anyone ever. And I think this movie encapsulated that really well. That his his grand big picture idea, you know, right, playing the orchestra or whatever they they villainize in that on with that. But it's it it is a weird skill he had, and it's when you look back in retrospect, it seems obvious, but it you have to understand it wasn't. And people were really bogged down in, in the nuts and bolts of these things. And, uh, and, and yet uh, he was able to, to understand the nuts and bolts, but to put them out there in a way that was accessible to. Uh, and it took a while. I think he was always think about jobs. It's interesting. And, and, and I'm going to throw to you, Brian, here for your thoughts. But think about jobs. is I think he was always designing the iPad or the iPhone. He yeah, always wanted the computer. In his mind, yeah. it, he, you know, and he couldn't get there technologically. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. Uh, He's but beholden he was, to his time. <laughs> yeah, but he that's what he was always trying to make. Sure. Um and and then he finally got to make it, right? Um and so that's always kind of that movie's fun to that in the film is fun to watch because while he's making the say the Macintosh, he's he he's obsessed with the stuff that you know, the interaction with it that we're gonna have fifteen, twenty years later with the iPhone. 
but he knows that that we need that that we crave that as humans but he, he can't really do that and so the, the the device is kind of a failure that was really if you think about the movie outside of it is is really important but brian i want to get your thoughts on uh on the uh and the, on the entire film as a whole yeah, I agree with all you. I mean, you guys all said stuff that uh, was floating around in my brain. The, the script is fantastic. One of the uh, – no, not one of it. This is the best script of the year. I don't feel like that's uh, even in question. And, and there have been some pretty good scripts this this year. So uh, Sorkin outdid himself, I think. I'm a, I'm a big Sorkin fan. I don't love every single thing that he's ever done, and I think he very easily can become unfocused. And unfocused Sorkin is, is – is kind of torturing a little bit uh, in a way. I mean, it's just um, preachy and in your face and wrong and off, you know, and you're just kind of like, Oh my gosh, please stop. But when he is focused, my gosh, he's, uh, he's a, he's a craftsman, you know I mean? He's just fantastic at what he does. And I don't know that this isn't the best thing that he's ever done. Um, and that again is saying something cause he's, he's quite good. Uh, Fossbender is, I mean, <laughs> it's hard to quantify how incredible he is in this film. And I'm not the Steve Jobs nut that Kent is certainly and and probably you as well, Richard. Um, and I don't know about you, Fike, but I, I don't I don't uh, care as much about him as or, or never did care about him so much as a person, nor am I a, an Apple head, I guess. Um, but I from what I know about Steve Jobs and, and a lot of it comes from the documentary covered earlier uh, this this season, I think, I think Fossbender nailed it in what you guys were saying—the inflection and the um, the personification. I also think he did an incredible job of showing what a douchebag this guy was, but at the same time, just with just enough of a hint of genius. Even if you, oh, total genius and brilliance, but but even more so. You you almost had to recognize with Steve Jobs, and I think this is what Fassbender was Fassbender was getting at is um, you may not like me, but you have to see why other why so many people really do, in spite of the fact that I am such a jerk. Um, and I and I was, I was totally blown away by the way that he accomplished that, and that's partly the writing. But it's totally his uh, his delivery as well. Um, this is a great year for film, man. This is that's that's what I came away thinking more than anything else was. Um, I think we've been doing this for almost three years, and I've been I've been covering film in some capacity, whether professional or or just you know a blog that only my parents were reading since like 2004. And I <laughs> don't know that I've we've had a year that has in that time that has had so much so many good films like. I should. I, I think I should have come out of Steve Jobs thinking, without question, that's the best movie I've seen this year, and it's a, it's, it's something that I have to really think about because we've had so many good films, like this, this six week run where we've gotten, uh, Black Mass and Sicario and The Martian and, um, right. what did we do last? Bridge of Spies even, you yeah. know, was was a very solid film, and Inside Out is still gonna stick with me for a long time, and all the great documentaries Fantastic that we've four, had. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic Four, yeah. Fantastic Four, Pixels, ascending. yeah. Pixels. Um, <laughs> <laughs> By the but way, it's... can we do a quick uh, like uh, segue to the... Ken? I want your thoughts on that ridiculous six trailer in a little bit. Literally didn't get to watch it because it crashed my computer, and then I didn't go back to it. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I started to watch it, and my computer 
blue screened on me almost like in a map, but a Mac style blue screen and, uh, didn't, didn't try to risk it again. So, so funny. not going to happen, so but, it, but what I saw looked terrible, Richard. Yeah. And that was four seconds. So go ahead. <laughs> no, my point just being, this is just an incredible year. for My prom date said, I'm, I'm excited about what the rest of the year brings, but, uh, there, it's a pretty high standard that we're, that we're matching up against right now. And we haven't even gotten to November yet. Yep. 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 Yeah. Well, I wonder why this movie was released when it was like, is that some sort of a sign that the studio wasn't certain that this was a big enough movie? Like, is it a, is it a indication of they're not sure that Fassbender can sell a movie? No, I think it's they knew that it wouldn't be big uh, yeah. f- commercially, but they wanted it in the conversation for the Oscars uh, okay. time. Uh, the act so that people it's still fresh in people's minds when these other movies are coming out. You don't want to put this in the in the spring or summer because it just it's not going to make a, a lot of money any time of the year. And this we can prove it. I mean, Steve it Jobs only cost thirty million. It'll make. It'll make the big. The big question. I mean, how, how much do you think the? I mean, we we kid, but how much do you think the Ashton Kutcher one soured people from wanting to see yeah. this one? There's no question. There's I was no at question. lunch today with uh, with my team from work, and I work with I work with all uh, women who are between the age I don't know uh, thirty and 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 fifty, pretty much. And uh, two or three of them mentioned the Ashton Kutcher movie and in the realm of, didn't they just make a Steve right. jobs movie? Do we really need another Steve? And, uh, am I, you know, my, I just got, you know, I'm like, yes, we need one because it's so much better. And that one is terrible. And this is, you know, um, this is definitely, this one is a critics movie. And I think the, uh, I think the box office total is, is kind of showing that. Well, this one's like a Mac and that one was a PC. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, like a $300 Dell. <laughs> right. It's a Zoom. That one was a Zoom. Yeah. I want to talk about some of the supporting Oh, cast. dude, are you, are you taking shots at the Zoom, bro? <laughs> yeah. Brian, have... who was the cat you saw with the Zoom earlier? No. I. <laughs> oh, you're at a wedding. Yeah, bro. I was at a wedding, and a uh, a man just is an outdoor wedding. I think I told this the story this on year. the show. But this yeah, is this, this is year. like two months ago at most. At a wedding, and this, it's, you know, this beautiful farm setting, and <laughs> out from the behind, all yeah. year <laughs> out from behind a huge bale of hay comes this dude who is rocking like a bright red shirt like you can't miss this you know yeah. kind of red shirt and jorts and uh and he is carrying a zune sure. on his <laughs> on and listening on his headphones and i just i about died <laughs> And that was only like the third or fourth uh, worst omen thing that happened at the wedding. So, you know, just sorry to those people. But uh, anyway, I want to talk about the supporting cast. Very strong. Very strong. I had a problem with Kate Winslet because her accent is non-existent in the later. Her American accent is non-existent in the later parts yeah. of the movie i don't know why they didn't go ADR, in and out ADR, of like polish american yeah like yeah. what is she, i don't know if the person she was playing was polish american i don't think so because in the in the no, she was. yeah she was yeah she was yeah so she's joanna like, she, joanna she was like, yeah. yeah she's american and then she has a polish accent and then she's american okay well that really. explains it because i feel like it was so convincing from in the manage expectation scene of the movie uh, with her yeah. jobs at the beginning which is great just a one-on-one uh, mm-hmm. scene uh, about 
managing the expectations of the Mac and this thing's not going to sell a million units in a month or whatever. And but I mean that that scene was worth her having it having her in the movie uh, the entire time. But I, I I noticed her accent going out, so I'm glad to know that uh, that was a character and not yeah. just like bad acting because no, that no, was no, really no. frustrating. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say this too. <laughs> That's I good acting. Then one of the uh, one of the people that went with us who's a listener, she has spent. A considerable, a good amount of time in Poland for business, and she was just she came out glowing over the way in which the accent was delivered, like that it was very authentic. I had a, I'm with you, Kent. There, I didn't notice the accent hardly at all in the first act, and then picked it up heavy in the second, and then Same. in the third, it kind of came and went. I if 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 I would have left the movie after the first act, I'm not sure that I would have noticed that yes. she was doing an Agreed. accent. It she says something, I remember second. she has that line like you yeah. said you like the way I talked and that made yeah. that was the best compliment I ever got and I was like what how do you talk and then right. the second act yeah. she was Polish and I was like oh because she's Polish yeah same but I didn't pick yeah, it up like, I need to watch that whole part again to me yeah. that's one of those things that they didn't have to shove into the movie like what does it hurt if she's from Texas you know like what 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 does that matter yeah but I mean but but Sorkin's fights for that stuff like it's the minutiae it's the little things that like matter to him yeah man i just thought of course fassbender was very good but the the emphasis he puts on on some of the smallest things is great but we could have had christian bale or Leonardo DiCaprio mm. in this role. What do we? What will we think I'm about either it, of those? I'm glad it was Fassbender. Yeah. Was a Fassbender. lot of people were actually turned off when they heard it was Fassbender. I was actually really excited. I, he's one of the more dynamic actors uh, we have in in Hollywood, and I think the Twelve Years a Slave role <laughs> proved that he can play just despicable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I think the uh, every other role he's done has proved proven that he can do likable and charismatic and, so and before fight came on i think we decided that the only person to play this role better was the cup <laughs> <laughs> what do you think fight yeah i'm with okay. it cool cool this it really it really um surprised me how they were able like i said able to work so much in and they did that through flashbacks um yeah. that's kind of a simple way to do it i guess what do we think about all the flashbacks uh to the garage and to his early days, I think that's kind of cliche. Jobs biopic, biopicy stuff, yeah. uh, like that kind of cheesed it up a little bit for me. I don't know about for you guys. I would have liked to have seen it just more condensed and more straightforward. Uh, Cameron never really cuts away style um, of a movie, yeah. but it works for me. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad for the for the non uh, for the new people that they can get a history lesson. Uh, and I think to have the Waz character involved in this at all. I think you needed that uh, that first flashback of them in the garage talking about the uh, the Apple II. Yeah, I love – I thought that was – man, what I liked about that was it wasn't as if something happened in their relationship where it went awry. Like they had a kind of iron sharpens iron relationship in the beginning. You know, even as, as they're designing this computer together and, uh, and Jobs wants end-to-end control – that line where uh, Rogan says or Waz says, um, I don't want to build a computer – forget exactly how he says it, but I don't want to build a computer that has your flaws. Yeah. Uh, which is to say you know, just because you don't want to let people in and you want to hold the world to yourself, uh-huh. we shouldn't build a computer that's that way. 
And like, I thought, gosh, how incisive is that? You know, like, or insightful is that? I, I thought that was awesome because then later that tension and that sort of, Hey, we're, we're doing, we're in this together, but we're at odds and we're making each other better. I thought, you know, as they had arguments, as the movie went on, it all paid off for me. Like it all felt really authentic in the way that they had conflict because of those flashbacks. Yeah. I, one of the more interesting aspects of the movie uh, I felt as well were those flashbacks and the the fact that they emphasize a closed system and people always wonder why you can't get a new battery in your iPhone and things like that. And that's something Steve has been, you can tell it's been in the roots of what he believes in forever. The fact that you had to have a special screwdriver to open up your Mac and they had this whole argument about a closed system versus an open system. And that, I mean, that's satirical in a lot of ways. Um, just that whole, uh, even having that in the movie at all, but that also explains a lot about Steve's personality. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to let the people in. You know, computers are paintings, according to Steve Jobs, and I love that back that computers aren't paintings back and forth. F you. Um, that was <laughs> such a that was such a great way to show that Steve Jobs cared more about the art and the impact, the social impact of what he did, that, rather than the functionality. Um, you know what I'm saying? Rather than rather than um, what it took to accomplish the functionality, that's what Waz was for. He would hire people like that. He just knew he knew what he wanted. He didn't care what it took to get there. Does that make sense? Sure. Uh, so I'm glad that was emphasized here. I don't know if computers or paintings is an actual quote. I don't think that is. I think that sounds like a Sorkinism as well. Yeah. Uh, but we will we'll see about that. What what are uh, some other positives uh, for you? Did you like? Do we like Seth Rogen in this role? Do yeah, we, I thought he was great. I thought it was I, good. I think it was proof that we can, I, at least me, I, I'm not a huge Seth Rogen guy, but when he, and I've come to the, the realization, that I don't even think it's about him. I think it's all about what project he's involved in because he's, dec- he's a decent actor. He's a likable guy. Um, he does kind of do mostly the same thing in whatever movie he's in, but just with you know shades of gray, I guess. And there are times when I hate that character so much, and there are times when I really enjoy it. And I think it's all about, for me at least, it's all about what kind of movie am I watching him in? Is it 50-50? Is it Steve Jobs? Great. Is it, I don't know, Observe and Report? You know, right. <laughs> a lot of this other stuff, I I just could not, you know, the Green Hornet. I, ugh, oh. You know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of bad stuff. And I don't know that it's necessarily what he's doing. I just think it's what he's part of, I guess. But I thought he was very good at the Waz. And uh, as good as Winslet and uh, Fassbender were, I love Michael Stuhlbarg. I do too, yeah. Kind of yeah. My, maybe my favorite just straight character actor. And I uh, I thought he was awesome as uh, as Hertzfeld. Uh, it's such a small role, obviously. But um, that dude is really, really good at, you know, a movie, we, we kind of, we talked when we did Black Mass, we talked about how it suffered from, uh, over overcasting, I guess, just having really well-known faces in smaller roles. And I think that's a movie that could use somebody like Michael Stuhlberg really well and uh, that he would have brought something a little bit different than, I don't know, Kevin Bacon or, you know, one of the 20 actors that's in that movie that you're like, really? That's kind of distracting because of, uh, you know, that's Kevin Bacon. I don't really know. Anyway, um, I, I was I'm always very impressed with that guy. And uh, I, I, it's just 
coming to the point of like that's that might be my favorite character actor going right now. Well, he was in uh, Boardwalk Empire, right? Yeah, he's Rothstein on uh, on Empire. And what a different character that guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. He's very the guy is very talented. Uh, he's he is great in Hugo, um, which we mm. talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's the uh, the film buff i guess the guy who is just obsessed with film and he is he's kind of scorsese's uh personification in that movie i guess and really really good in that anyway that's a a a tangent but uh i i quite enjoyed all of the supporting work on this one jeff daniels i was actually surprised at how much much I was not annoyed by Jeff Daniels and how much I yeah. thought I thought he would bring <laughs> yeah. way too much newsroom into this same um, yeah. and he was very calm very tame uh, still kind of hateable like John Scully was kind of a despicable guy as well but yeah they made um, Scully more made Scully than they made Scully more of the hero here than the villain like he they made the audience feel like they did the right thing by kicking Steve out of the company and I didn't expect that but they made I was surprised by his performance and I actually pleasantly surprised by it. Uh, Richard. Same. Barden. Richard Barden. Hey, sorry. Yeah. Hey, sorry. Um, <laughs> I, uh, doing a podcast yeah, I was, here. I know I forgot for 10 minutes. Uh, no, I thought, uh, I was, I was very surprised having also read that book, uh, Kent, where Scully is a lot more vilified by by Isaacson, mm-hmm. um, I was surprised Sorkin made him at best neutral and at, at worst kind of a you know, like I said a secondary hero to that company as someone that maybe had big company Pepsi ideas and that he tried to bring to this hip world at Apple and maybe that failed but he certainly was always graceful about it I I you know that was an interesting way to look about it and, and maybe there's a lot of truth to that I don't I don't oppose that in any in any way but. Uh, but uh, it was it was certainly interesting. Very interesting to me that Sorkin, coming from somebody who knew Steve Jobs, who had a personal relationship with Steve Jobs, that he didn't feel like that anything post two thousand would was important to the legacy of Steve Jobs yeah. or the legacy he wanted to tell. I wonder why that is, and because I feel like in this later fifteen I feel like years, the I think iPod is, or the iPhone is more interesting than the iMac. I thought I that do, was interesting I do too, but I, I would feel like. He wanted more – he wanted to, to delve into the, the stories or the experiences that made Steve Jobs the person that he was. Um, I don't know if the iMac was the, was it. I mean he came back to Apple and they made the thing, but it didn't revolutionize much. I mean it put it made yep. Apple, put, it put Apple back in the it, green, but it I made, mean – It made Apple cool again so that they could go out and fund the iPhone and the iPod, right? Ex- exactly, but I mean – I feel like the last 15 years of his life were so funded by a the iPod creation of the iPhone iPad, but the war on Google too. I would have loved to have seen his Sorkin's take on the war on Google or Jobs's hate of Google because that's sequel, a big that's, that's a big sequel. part. Oh, I would well, love and not only that, but didn't didn't he actually have a family, Steve Jobs? Oh, he did. A, he did have a family, and I, the reason I mentioned Bale and DiCaprio was Steve Jobs' widow, uh, Lorraine Jobs' pal actually went to or called, you know, Christian Bale and DiCaprio were like, please don't make this movie for my family wow. and for my, and they, yeah. so they, they did it out of respect, you know, same with Fincher. I think, um, this was just a sore subject for a lot of people, but yeah, they, he did, he did, he does have a real family 
And uh, and that, that's always interesting uh, to I, I saw an interview uh, with Sorkin talking about this movie. I know. I'm sorry, I sound like a nerd, but uh, he um, he was talking about how you know as he was chewing on the idea of making this movie, of writing this movie, he read the Isaacson book and he just couldn't get past in his own mind the idea that that Steve Jobs wouldn't claim. Uh, his daughter, Lisa? He, he couldn't get past it. Yeah, he, he couldn't get past it. And he, he was having a really hard time liking the guy because of that. And, uh, and and that was like the big block for him for I don't know how long, but for a long time, he was fighting that that that, you know, that feeling. And then he was like, well, I just have to put it in the in the movie that has to be a part of this. And he said he said that um, just the idea that he wouldn't claim her. Because he has yeah. a daughter, Sorkin does. He said it just it just ate at him, and he couldn't he couldn't get away from it. Yeah, I don't know. That's this is what really stretched it for me um, from a believability standpoint was uh, his daughter and and uh, ex wife or girlfriend showing up at the keynotes ten minutes before, yeah. and and Waz being there at everything. I don't think Waz was as heavily in the picture later in in his life or. I don't think Waz would really come up to Steve Jobs at in the um, right before the iMac. Hey, we need to have this like long talk about our history as friends and everything. You know what I mean? Um, so you know, you really did have to cram a lot into uh, into a little uh, amount of time. Sure, I, I liked the fact that his daughter had the Walkman from the beginning, and, and that was yeah. something they talked about in the book. Is Steve Jobs always yeah. loved the Walkman and was impressed by the Walkman and wanted to revolutionize the Walkman. So I I thought that was a cool little touch. Um, that's really that's really all I have here. But I mean this this movie is very I was you don't leave with a great impression of Steve. You don't no. at all. You do not. You you leave if anything. Seem man that guy was kind of a a jerk. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah he I did he he did a lot of good. But I mean yeah. this movie is basically telling us that he was a jerk. But it's extremely. While it's negative, it's extremely honest, and that's what yeah. I appreciate. It does not hold back on the person that he was, and and Waz was the first to say the real Waz was the first to say this is the this is the most accurate look at how it was like what it was like to live and wow. associate yourself with them. So, yeah. of all the, the it, dozens of d- movies and documentaries we've seen so far, but did it ever feel like a smear campaign as you're watching? Not it? at like, all, because I said Sorkin no. has a genuine friendship with with Steve, and yeah. Steve actually wanted wanted Aaron to write a write Pixar movies because Steve was a big uh, you know a producer with Pixar for a long time, founder of Pixar, and uh, Sorkin was like, I can't write for animated characters, like I just can't. I don't think it's like, <laughs> physically possible. I mean, well, thank you, you know. And they became friends because of that because Steve loved the West Wing and contacted Aaron to to write some Pixar movies. Like, I would love your dialogue with. With our Pixar, I, I mean, I would love to see a Sorkin movie with Pixar. Mm-hmm. I think that would be awesome. That'd be awesome. Toy Story, written by Aaron Sorkin, would be. <laughs> would be Woody walking, and Buzz Woody just and Buzz walking just everywhere. Yeah. Bullseye just uh, <laughs> trailing, trailing behind. Um, but I mean, like I said, he has genuine respect for Steve. He, I don't think he had any negative feelings at all. If anything, he felt like probably like it was an honor to make this movie yes. and to be the person to tell yeah, the story. Sure. So. Look, and that that's. I think that's part of what sets this apart from so many other uh, biopics. Because, A, it's not a true biopic. And they were – Sorkin and company were very smart to structure this film the way they did with the conceit of the three keynotes. Like, that was genius. Because we don't – even if they had not made the Ashton Kutcher movie, we 
you know, I'm my position on biopics is well known, and we do not need a full life story of Steve Jobs. But, That's ha- what books. But he, we didn't get to see him get bit by the radioactive spider. Which, <laughs> <laughs> That'll happen in the next one. Don't worry. Okay. Uncle Ben dies. Yeah, Uncle Ben. Uncle ben. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the so the conceit is is so strong. Um, and now I forgot my train of thought. Thanks a lot, Richard. Uh, crap. What I'm here for. <laughs> Literally. Do we want to move on to grades? Do we have any other thoughts, any dislikes of this movie, any big likes that we want to get out okay. of the way? I have a question because this is the question that my wife and I argued about on the way home from the movie. Here's my question, um, uh, if, you'll, if you'll grant me. So the, you know, the big uh, push from Wozniak, the whole movie, is would you please recognize the people – that went into the process that worked their hearts out to build the Apple II. Mm-hmm. Would you would you recognize them? Would you acknowledge them? And he just wouldn't do it. And I just didn't get that. Like I, I don't know what's so hard about saying we're standing on the shoulders of you know uh, of the people that that brought us here. Yeah. And there there'll be people that'll stand on our shoulders years from now. I like, think it's I think it's because Steve truly in his heart of hearts believed that there would be no Apple II without Steve Jobs. So why should I thank somebody when I'm the reason that the thing exists? Does that make sense? Like, yeah. He, well, he, and, he, and I think there's partly too. He and the you know the movie makes it pretty clear he saw that as a flawed machine, as a, and not the thing that he was super proud of in a way. And I I think he was such a, I think he was such a brilliant mind that he couldn't have his name attached to something that was or didn't want that brought up in the same context of this is my perfect machine you know and and those that thing is not i think that was part of the whole that's that's an interesting question that really kind of dives into both the the businessman steve and the person steve mm-hmm. so yeah this this movie has a lot a lot to talk about a lot to think about uh any other likes dislikes brian richard uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed Boyle for the most part. Mm-hmm. The, the score, I think the score was score was great. Score um, was yeah. great. Not yeah. too social networky. It was just kind mm-hmm. of evident in the all the right times. Kind of digitalized yeah. like that, um, synthesized, I should say. Sure. Um, no, great, but, great score. Uh, I thought Boyle did a great job at the keynotes. The you know that ninety seconds in between each keynote, I thought was super overproduced, and I could have done without all the Danny Boyle graphics and stuff. Um, that's a very minor yeah. complaint, but I, I did think as good as Boyle did for, and as good as he was for this film, I felt like the, those like very small examples of like, I've just got to be Danny Boyle here. And I could have done without that, without that stuff. But again, very, very small complaint. I guess the only other issue really is that I think the third act is the weakest of the three. And so it kind of ends yeah, on a note yeah. that it's not as strong as it would have yeah. if it would have ended after the 88 keynote. It's it's just, I mean, next computer too. I I, I mean, I it's an interesting story, but if you're going to give us three, I would prefer the Macintosh, the iMac, and probably the iPhone would yeah. be the three I would I, have picked. I could have done five easily. Like mm-hmm. this is this is just over two hours. Easily could have it been felt three. Too short. I would have it been did. fine with that. Yeah, it felt very short, shorter than I would have liked or wanted it mm-hmm. to be. Yeah, Richard, any other last thoughts? 
No, I've, I'm I'm tapped out. How how you said you were? I just can't wait to get Richie off this stupid podcast. <laughs> you you were actually yeah. tweeting afterward. I rarely see you tweet or anything after a movie, Richard. So uh-huh. yeah, I guess you're pretty high on this. I'm very high on it. I thought it was excellent. It was excellent. I thought Fassbender is the best actor of the year so far. Wow! Wow! Yeah, what? I think we're gonna see. I think it's gonna get a lot of award attention uh, this, for acting and writing. Yeah, and picture. I, I think this is picture, gonna be. A, yeah. yeah, I think it's gonna be a big. Uh, it's gonna. It's the, have fir- it's the first shoe in. I would say. Yeah. Don't you think? Would this be? Would this be screenplay or adapted screenplay? Adapted. Adapted. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. So I guess it has that going for it. You don't have to compete against Quentin Tarantino in that category. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Because he'll yeah. probably he'll probably get it for uh, April eight, or you would think he'd yeah. be in the conversation. Is Pixels adapted, or is it? <laughs> it's actually adapted from the Pac Man uh, manual from the original Pac Man game. Okay, sweet. So, so that's so we got three in that category locked up. We've got uh, we've got Steve Jobs, we've got The Martian, and we've got uh, Pixels. Pixels. Okay, cool. I okay. Think, I think Wednesday. What the heck is going on? I said I think Winslet will get nominated. Yeah, she's got the uh, the pedigree too. I think and, I think that was a pretty great performance. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I thought she was. I thought she was very good. Weird accent at times, not. Like, yeah. But yeah, yeah. If I that's to, always a weak category too. Supporting actress is usually a, a fairly weak category as far as there's not too many people competing for that spot. So, if I was gonna guess right now, I would say Fassbender. Winslet, screenplay, director, picture, yeah, and um, maybe makeup too. I thought the makeup was really great. Uh, the and the uh, costuming was really great in these scenes yeah. earlier in the movie in the eighties and stuff. It was very subtle, like kind of like um, what's the movie Dallas Buyers Club? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you, you kind of notice it, but it's so subtle. And I like the fact that he used like an older camera for the stuff shot in the eighties too, so it looked like it. It was footage yeah. from the eighties yeah, and not like that was a cool addition. Not using ten eighty p HD for those <laughs> yeah. those scenes. You know what I'm saying? It's the so, only way to experience it though. Only it was. I, I actually saw it in three D and it was a specialized uh, version. It's actually <laughs> smell o vision and it was really yeah. kind of jarring yeah. but but also good. <laughs> but worth it. Yeah. No, I got you. All right. Well let's uh give grades here. We've gone almost an hour on just the movie, so this was this was a fun one to talk about. Um I actually want to talk about it more later this year. We probably will during our Oscar conversations. So we'll start with our guest. Richie, what's your grade for Steve Jobs? Uh, I mean, I think it's an obvious A. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. To me, it's I, it's hard for me because I'm, um, I'm biased. I'm, I was going to love it no matter what because <laughs> um, <laughs> I love Sorkin. And I don't think it's his best movie. I don't think it's the best thing that he's written. But I think – um, it's the best thing I've seen in a long time. I mean, I, I, just the construct alone was genius. So I give it a, a solid, super high, you know, almost touching 100% A. I loved it. Brian? Yeah, I think it's a, I mean, this is a, like I said, this is a great year for film. And this is, uh, I'm, I'm just, I love this last six weeks or so. We've just seen so many, Really good films, and uh, this is definitely one of those. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it an A plus. Okay, Richard. I'm gonna go A plus as well, right there with Brian. Yeah. Okay, a, what about you? A, yeah, A plus. Um, I want to see it again. I almost saw it again before we did the show. Um, yeah. 
I'm, I, I do think wait. I do think it's a critics movie. Yeah, it's a, just, it's a movie for movie lovers, and yeah. a lot of people will probably who have seen yeah. the, the the Kutcher one will be like, yeah, it was different, but I think I liked the Kutcher one more because it was more of more of a movie. This is more of an experience, a play almost. You know, mm, like you yeah. said, uh, Richard. Um, it's a movie lovers movie for sure. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily recommend this to the uh, the couple that only gets to go see one movie a month. You know, that yeah. has like a babysitter or whatever. Like, I it's mm-hmm. that's not. I don't think that that everyone is going to be. Well, it might not be in theaters much longer because yeah, it that's, do true. Very well, that's so. true. That's well, true. I mean, you know, like The Martian is a movie that I would come out saying yeah. literally anybody. If you're over the age of like five, go see The Martian. Like, this is a you know fantastic movie. This is not quite. It's not that same. It's not that type of movie. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. For supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. All right. Well, let's move on. And uh, Richie, you want to join us for a recommend? Sure. Weekly recommends. I am going to recommend an app, actually. What? And uh, the Steve Jobs episode is very appropriate. And I've been waiting for an app like this for a long time. Uh, I'm an iPhone user. I don't know if you are. I think you are, Richard. Actually, I know you are, Richard. Brian, are you an iPhone guy yeah. too? Okay. Yeah. Richie, iPhone? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, this is a podcast app, and I hate the Apple podcast app. Well, I love you, iTunes, and the people there, and uh, iTunes itself has been great to us. Uh, their app needs work. I think they realize it because they've released a new one like every year since podcasts came out. They're haven't really settled worse. on it. It's haven't, always worse. Haven't really, yeah, haven't really settled on the design. Uh, they can't. Yeah. My biggest problem with the new one is that they they have all your subscriptions or unplayed episodes, but there's not a way to select all. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. have 600 unlistened episodes, and I have to go Ugh. and individually click all of them to make it, the down. notification go to go away. It's a beatdown. Uh, so this I found a new podcast app that's free. It's called Overcast, and it's really clean and nice and easy to okay uh, to function. Uh, it looks. You can subscribe to Mad About Movies on there. They do have us listed, and uh, our page looks great. And you can subscribe to I, – I searched for a lot of podcasts, found all the ones that I like. It's got different charts on here, really easy to subscribe. You have two different options to either stream or download the episode. That's really all you need in a podcast episode. You create playlists and things like that. But free podcast app called Overcast, really nice design, clean. It's the, the podcast app I've been waiting for. So I know the people listening to this will – be interested in that so sweet download it get on it subscribe to the show brian what's your recommend i am also going to recommend an app uh and i'm not technological as you guys know so uh but i found this today so i've i've only been messing with this app for a day but i'm really i've enjoyed it so far it's called great big story 
and it is every day. It looks like the it's kind of like from what I understand, it seems like it's kind of like Snapchat where you can only see the stories for that day. And uh, they are a wide range of topics and they're videos, video stories, and they're all like one to three minutes long. And so like today I watched a video on an astronaut talking about like the visuals of being in space. There was one about Russian uh, generals who are obsessed with Coca-Cola classic uh there was the one classic. on the classic yeah didn't want to confuse anybody uh there was Not one on uh lisa frank uh one on ernest klein the guy who wrote uh, ready player one his uh his delorean it's just very random kind of all over pop cultural stuff and like i said it's they're very short videos and they're really well done that's they're all they all kind of look like uh, short films, like really good production value and uh, kind of interesting stories. And like I said, I've only been messing with it for a day, but I, from what it, it looks like, everything disappears after that day. And you can get like uh, a reminder of the new stories and things like that. It's it's very cool. I'm I'm very impressed with the the visuals and the look of it. Uh, so check out uh, Great Big Story. I will check it out. Richard. Yeah, recommend. I'm a uh... Yeah, I'm going to recommend an app, too. It's called Grindr. Um, <laughs> you only made that joke 13 times? 13? I have it. Okay, I have my Grindr. Li- yeah, 13. Tally. Uh, oh Bingo! Uh, I'm going to uh, recommend a book, actually, called Lost at Sea by John Ronson. It's a collection of a lot of his pieces. John Ronson is a great uh, kind of humor journalist, I, I would frame him as. He wrote... Uh, Men who stare at goats is what he's he's known a lot as, and uh, so you've been publicly shamed is a, is a recent okay. book of yeah. his. Um, but uh, Lost at Sea is kind of a collection of his shorter work, and uh, it's 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 quite excellent. So uh, uh, I recommend uh, John Ross's Lost at Sea. Uh, Fike, your first ever weekly recommend. Let's don't right. don't disappoint. Don't mess it up. Yeah. My don't first. Disappoint. Okay, so my very favorite show of all time is The West Wing. My second favorite show of all time. Larry Sanders, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay. so the Larry Sanders, Sanders show. Mm-hmm. No, it's <laughs> it's back on it's back on the air tonight. Oh, it is, it is uh, opening uh, night of the NBA, and my very favorite oh, second favorite yeah. show is Inside the NBA. Yes. I've recommended it before. Great with choice. Charles Barkley, and uh, and and now Shaq's on it. And I mean, I just love those guys. Everything they do cracks me up. You know, Kenny, I I just love it. He's, you know. <laughs> Colby Bryant, Bryant, second greatest of all time. <laughs> I, what, I, what, I, what I love about Barkley is he just skips words. Like he'll say, Tim Duncan, greatest power forward of all time. <laughs> like you yeah. skip some words in there. You know, but <laughs> that's okay. And then he just repeats himself over and over. And then they just clown each other. And I just, I don't know, man. That show makes me laugh as hard as any comedy that's on TV. Absolutely. It's the I best. Think- Can I tell you my quick uh, Charles Barkley in person story? Yes. If I, if you know, I don't know if I've told on the podcast. I know I know Brian knows it. So when I was like 19, my mom surprised me with tickets to the uh, SMU Athletic Forum that they have uh, a couple times a year. And Barkley was the, the speaker. It's like a luncheon. And uh, one of the uh, one of the Mavs vice president did a Q&A with Barkley at the luncheon. And it was cool because I actually got to ride an elevator with Barkley and Bowling for Soup uh, <laughs> on the way to the uh, to The, the two luncheon. pillars of American society yeah, and, right and, there. And, and 
a lot of range and size because Bowling for Soup average height about five foot six and, and five Barclay. foot six wide. Yep. Yeah, I had five foot six <laughs> wide. They're a perfect cube. Anyway, <laughs> so they uh, so Barkley, they asked Barkley. They said, you know, uh, you're really uh, close friends with Michael Jordan. Can you can you talk about that uh, relationship a little more? He goes, man, you know, Michael just got divorced lately. Recently, this was probably eight or nine years ago. He goes, and I told him, dude. You just wrote a check for $350 million. <laughs> and that ain't even the worst part. Because one day you're going to go over there to pick up your kids. And there's going to be some dude over there wearing your robes, smoking your cigars, driving your cars. And you better hope it ain't me. Because I could use $350 million. That's my favorite Barkley story. Classic. So awesome. You mean American treasure, American Charles, treasure, Charles Barkley? Yeah. Yeah, Gosh, absolutely. guys. Show some freaking Show some respect. respect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's earned the title. Show. Yes, he's up there in the rankings of American treasures. That's for sure. I was I was surprised you guys didn't mention Mr. Robot this summer. Yeah, you I know liked what? It. We yeah. had a lot of people ask us about it, and we just we didn't get. I didn't get to it, and Richard, I think, was. Oh, dude, you need to watch it yet. I will. It's on my list, and I I got to experience a cool like viral marketing thing for it at South by Southwest. It's all part of the pilot, but I haven't I haven't watched the whole series yet. But I, I love that kind of stuff, so I'm I'm all over it. But uh, you know I've got too much Project Runway to watch, so <laughs> Prior, priorities, you know. Well, guys, I really appreciate you having me on the show. Thanks for I, coming. I'm, uh, yeah, thanks I'm for a being big fan. on. I, I love uh, the way you guys keep it clean. I mean that that matters to me. There's a lot of movie movie uh, review shows out there where. You can't put it on the, you know, in the car with your kids in the car, and I, I mean, that matters, and so I really appreciate it. We actually do a, a side off, a side shoot podcast <laughs> called called Mad About Cursing, where all we do is curse. It's two, it's a two person podcast, though. We should be See? clear. Yeah. I would listen to that, just not with my kids. <laughs> well, thank yeah, you for we just coming. Talking on. about our favorite curse words. No, we appreciate it, and we we uh, we try to keep it. Uh, we like the maximum amount of audience uh, possible. And, and I like not getting fired. So. And Brian likes not getting fired. And so it's a uh, it's a great uh, it's it's taking everything I have not to drop a hilarious. <laughs> but uh, but it's but I appreciate you noticing that. And uh, we we thank you. And thanks for thanks for your kind donation. You've been a joy to have on. I can't tell you how much I hated this idea of having listeners on. <laughs> and I can't tell you how thrilled I am. That every every listener time. we've had on without without fail has been a delight. Yep. And uh, you, sir, are no are no change in that. So so thank well, you. Thanks. I told I told uh, I think it was Brian in, earlier in the week. I said, I'm super nervous about coming on now because two things. I don't have a sweet Nigerian accent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and also uh, Richard said that the next guy is just going to be a total loser. <laughs> so I was like, gosh, I hope I hope I can live up to that. No, I was talking about Brian. Yeah. Oh, OK. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, you're good. It's, it's a really it's an interesting dynamic we have. We don't like each other at all. Uh, it's the only thing that holds this holds us together. Shout out to Godwin, by the way. We had a lot of tweets and emails about how awesome Godwin was last week. Godwin's week. coming back on. Yeah, dude. We're excited. We're excited to have him back. So more beautiful Nigerian accents to come in the future. awesome. He's taking my spot for six months. Yeah, or, no, you're fine. Yeah. Well, Fike, you're welcome back anytime, too. Thank hey, you dude. for being on. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks, guys. And uh, we will see you at the cinema. But where can we find you online, uh, Fike? Yeah, uh, at Fike Music on Twitter. Um, our band has uh, a bunch of CDs on iTunes. You can find them there. Uh, just look for, look for Fike 
on iTunes. Uh, so we'd love, love your support. Absolutely. Uh, Brian, what about you? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barden or the aforementioned Grinder. <laughs> where can I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. Find our show on iTunes as well. Leave us five stars if you like what you hear. Subscribe on the iTunes. That would be great, too. If you want to hear all our episodes, go to our website at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. We have a lot more on there that don't normally show up on the normal podcast feeds. You can subscribe to a raw RSS there. And if you want to do what uh, Fike did here and come on the show, we have a donate button on our page as well at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. And uh, until next week, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. 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 Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I've got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me yeah, yeah.